I'm Suzanne Murdoch and you're listening to Power and Productivity. Each episode, I explore the energy that connection, expertise and flexible working can bring to your business. In this episode with Johnny Zua, we'll be chatting about how we can take the concept of flex workspaces and co-working and make them work really smartly for us as individuals. How can we take these workspaces and make the best value of our time, our personalities, lead to more productive, energetic and supported lives? And is this for everybody? Welcome, I'm your host, Suzanne Murdoch. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by one of the original co-working educators, my friend, Johnny Zua, founder of Co-working Europe Conference, launched way back in 2010 in Brussels, and has since led to Co-working Africa, Co-working India, and the Social Workplace Conferences. Johnny also runs socialworkplaces.com, which is a consultancy firm focusing in on the education and benefits of co-working and flexible workplaces, leading edge innovation and new workplace models. So Jonif, welcome. How are you? I'm good. Thank you, Suzanne. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Oh. Jonif, we met back in 2017 at the Co-working Europe conference in Dublin. I can remember walking into that room being amazed at how many different faces were in there. I didn't know what to expect, but there was just this atmosphere of excitement. It was fantastic. Yeah, so that was three years ago. How much has changed since then? Yeah, crazy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, I can remember hearing from, there was people from um, Berlin, Tobias Kremkow, talking about co-working cafes and how their, their spaces had changed. Because they were obviously one of the founding members of, of co-working Berlin. And, and Tobias, yeah, yeah. He's, he has been among, um, you know, the early, not adopters, but... Um, makers of the co-working experience and they brought the co-working experience in berlin and germany overall yeah. uh very early um so those are you know pioneers of, of co-working some of the pioneers in europe definitely yeah yeah and then there were people from bali and they had ashley proctors canada yeah. oh it's just definitely. amazing i just loved it so yeah i'm really keen today to discuss the whole concept of the, the the flexible working co-working model and how we can work really smartly to make it work for us as individuals how we can really use these workspaces to make best value of our time our different personalities and be more productive and energetic but I guess supported more than anything so that we can all go ahead and lead these successful businesses and, and meet our goals and really discuss is co-working or the flex model for everyone and I know Johnny, tell me about tell me what you think about this. But the co-working model or the, the definition of co-working along the lines has, has sometimes been associated with the hippie culture. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah. But it's in the last two or three years, and certainly over the last year with everything that's happened, it's now referred more to as flex, the flex model. And a lot of people would refer to the space elements of it, not so much the people side of it. But I think a lot more people understand what it is now. So they've kind of moved away from the whole hippie, you know, it's it's only for certain people definition. What's your thought on that? Yeah, totally. Um, so corking, so you mentioned it, we started in 2010. So in 2010, when we had this idea of uh, having conference and corking, we Googled corking and country. So corking in Spain, corking in Ireland. I think back in the days, there were no corking at all in Ireland, for instance. Uh, there were just a few in the UK. You had Better House in Berlin. Um, and 
basically we were happy when we, when we were founding one co-working space in every in each European country. So, and we fit, we, we had on the on stage, the program was made co-working in Spain, co-working in France, co-working in Belgium, co-working in Germany, co-working. I don't think we had anyone from the UK, in Italy, and it was basically that. So, and it was EP because it was also reflective of the counterculture, counter corporate culture. It was a lot of the people started up co-working spaces where people used to work in corporates, within corporations, uh, were fed up with the lack of sense, lack of uh, inspiration. Uh, they were like, felt like having no sense in where, what they were doing. So co-working was for them also the expression of something they were they were looking for and i'm speaking about myself i was i used to be also a, a business journalist back in the days and i was at which is threshold where you know you are old enough in the career to be get a new position as a, a manager or sub manager or something like that. i'd say yeah at the end of the day i don't think that's something I, i'm keen to do so i quit and uh, I, I felt like someone totally Disparity in my in my home office, and it was the the creation of uh, the first co-working space in Brussels. And say, guess what? That's the, it was such an enlightenment for me as as a user that I thought, yeah, something is happening there. And yeah, <laughs> we it, time proved that we were right. I think uh, about it, and um, and for sure the 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 co-working, um, so, you know, EPs. We all say that the Silicon Valley is also the, you know, the outcome and 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 the third or fourth generation of what has been initiated in the 60s by the EPs. So we could say the same with Corking, uh, definitely. That uh, you know the Apples and the Googles and every everybody they all say that it is it has been inspired by this generation of people who are just embracing the counterculture of. Uh, uh, meaning, enjoy, engage, and create stuff that people actually look for and, 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 and desire without necessarily knowing they desire it. Yeah, so to me, that's, that's really, really reflective of that. And that's not by accident, then it becomes a true industry and true business. That's a brilliant point. And I guess with the different generations as well, you know, different types of working mean different things to them. So you, maybe about 20, 30 years ago, you had a job for life and it was with a corporate, for example. And now people work in different industries and, and different avenues of life, or they could have two or three jobs. And they like working in different working environments, depending on the mood they're in or the project that they're working on. So things are constantly evolving. Likewise, with the type of co-working and flex model that we're looking at now, you've got different, you've got open plan spaces, you've got private office spaces, you've got spaces for niche industries, diverse industries, which brings me to my, my next question. What are your thoughts on, do you think there is now a flex space or a co-working space for everybody in every industry? I think so. I think so, but it means also that it's not a recurrent statement about the fact that the co industry is walking uh, in, in, the, um, in the shoe of the hotel industry. Uh, and that's co-working is becoming more about segmentation and branding and of work environment experience. And uh, you, you, if you are a low firm or if you are, uh, I don't know, social workers or working for social entrepreneurship company or something like that, um, sure, it, you are not expecting the same kind of experience. It's not the same, you are not ready to pay for the, 
the same amount of money for for the same thing or for or for something different. So, um, and this what is really also interesting about co-working is that, and that was something that we made made it difficult in the beginning to 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 advocate when you were speaking with outsider from the co-working industry, saying, okay, when they went to uh, one of the early days co-working space with second-hand furnitures and uh, no ceiling and etc. And they were saying, "Yeah, it's look cool, but I wouldn't like to walk from here because it's not an, it's not in accordance with my standards as a, what a workspace should be." And, and you know, uh, fine, it's fair it, that that indeed for that kind of people, it was something that was not it what could, couldn't get them in, um, and and hence also the kind of profile you had in the co-working spaces of the of the early days. But now, indeed, if you speak about hospitality and warmth and the fact that the workspace should be also reflective of the how companies operate nowadays, because that's also when you have discussion about people who are, you know, workspace architect or workspace designer, what they say about all oh, the office or the, the the workspace of a company should be in terms of engagement, uh, desking, the way people should be able to socialize, uh, small meeting pods, etc. It's totally in line with what we used to say in the beginning and also now for coping spaces. Why so? Because the way companies operate themselves has changed. The cubicles, we always refer to the cubicles of the 60s or the 50s, but, but uh, less and less companies operate that way nowadays because they have to be agile, nimble, they have to be uh, able to also to embrace a new digital environment. They also have to fit with the new culture of the generation of worker, which has entered the work life now. So if you provide them with an office which looks like their parents' office with uh, something which is purely functional, you will have a problem in terms of talent retention also. So co-working from that perspective is totally in line with this, this bigger shift to some extent, uh, with the difference that co-working also is, is some nature replication of what is, is happening on the internet. So it's more open, it's more, inter, uh, you know, you, you, you can engage with outsiders, third parties in an in a easier way. You can position yourself in the community you like or not. And sometimes, you know, we always associate co-working with community. To me, uh, all the experience I have is my own co-working space and, other, and, and, and third parties co-working space that most of the time they, there is no one community. It's just, uh, a generator of communities, small communities together, and people are there because they they see that the values that is carried by the space fits with their own values. But not only some, a big deal of the people I'm sure in, in your own space just are the Hanuri because it's the space which is the closest, uh, and because yeah, and, and because it it's it's the kind of environment they feel good with, but. We don't know whether it's the only, only reason why, why, why they are there. I must confess, I know that uh, a big deal of the people who are members of our coaching space are there for the same reason. Because they like the space, but they're not there because they like the space. They are there because it's, there was a, a, a set of different reasons. Uh, the price, the flexibility, the fact that it's close by, that it's easy to access, that they can come, they can bike up to there things like that, that makes at this moment a, a cocktail of different regions which make them choose for this space rather than the other one. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is also that things are going also to change likely. The more we see uh, employees coming in co-working space, and uh, we were mentioning it uh, before, the, before the recording, but 
I think in, in the biggest part, the most the, the highest proportion of co-working spaces, employees become the majority of the member. So it means that the decision of being in that space instead of the other is in the hand of something else than the, us- than the, the, the user itself as a person. So it means that there too, you have to come with a different value proposition. Of course, you people need to, be, to feel good and, and, be, and, and, and your space needs to fit with your those requirements, but you need to add on other, other elements. Sometimes, you know, more, more technical and more, it's more about the equipment and ergonomy and things like that. And so far it's true that the important will be the social interaction with other, with outsiders so that the people feel better, but also more innovative, more creative, and, 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 and have the ability to, to come with an additional added value that they, they bring into the company itself that employs them. This is something that is, is uh, still a lot overlooked by companies. I think it will become a major driver for, for companies to choose to, to have their employees in this space or the other, but there is still some way to go before we arrive. We, yeah, yeah. At that level. I, th- I think from, from our perspective, yes, we're seeing a lot more corporate remote workers. The infrastructure, the facilities definitely need to be higher spec. They, they do request certain standards that perhaps weren't there you know, even two or three years ago. Yeah. And I think to some extent, they are still looking for that social interaction. That even if it's just someone in the office next door, just to know that there's somebody there, I think means a lot to people. I mean, they don't want to be working out of their houses. No, and and some a lot of people I, I come to the space once a week, for instance, even if they are employees, they, they pay it with their own pocket. So it's an effort they have to do because it's, it's still very seldom that companies pay for for the coding space unless they have office officially in, in the space. And most of the time, it just need to to break the isolation, to not being the home. Uh, because of their personal reasons as well. Maybe and the they Wi-Fi, don't have an office. good Wi-Fi. Of course, the good Wi-Fi and uh, the good chair and uh, yeah, the ergonomics can... is a big, big thing. Exactly. And the sit-stand desks. And and also that they they have those fifteen minutes discussion and casual conversation with someone, yeah. and that's enough. That's yeah. not... and they don't necessarily want to be in every happy hour party uh, after five. Honestly, I'm I might I might be wrong, but. I, I think that it's still very seldom that people, at least above a certain uh, certain age, uh, look look for that kind of mm. service or, or opportunity. Even the, the even in the evenings, you know, um, when, once you have family, once you have uh, other activities, things like that, are you going to stay for the evening even because there is a cool speaker speaking about uh, yoga or whatever? But you touched uh, on a I'm point sure. there, Johnny, the whole, the whole family thing. See, a lot of people in our space in the hub would have children. And yes, you want to go home and see your family. But there again, the fact that other people in the same space have, have children is another discussion point, is another community. You can bounce ideas off of them if you've got any challenges. You can ask other people's opinions for help, yeah. etc. I don't know, carpool, um, school, carpool, share, etc. You know, there's loads and loads of benefits there. Yeah, no, uh, totally. And this is also something new uh, if we compare with the, you know, the, the last 10 years. So the average age, in, it's also reflected in, in the reports by, by this month, the average age of co-working users is higher than it was 
uh, also because you have more course importance there, there are more professionals, as we mentioned, there are more employees. So it's less about freelancers and apprentices necessarily. So it means also that the, the definition of the social dimension that you, you get from a co-working space is different. It's um, most likely I would I wouldn't I would be maybe in another co-working space than mine if I I was 20 years younger because I would be looking for something else. And uh, but but um, and this is a very important element as well, so that you manage to maybe handle this different generation, the different expectation. So there's some co-working space here in Berlin or in, in Brussels or Amsterdam or where the working language is English. So everybody speaks English because it's super international. You go in a space in Antwerp or, or in Ghent in here, it, it will be in French because it will be more local. So it creates another kind of interaction and in, in, in another uh, value proposition in terms also of um, what is provided by, by, uh, within the space in terms of uh, quality of service, the fact indeed that it's close by, that you have just amenities that are usual ones. But again, it means that the more it will grow and we know that the, the co-working, uh, flexible workspace co-working, um, we, we still this battle between the, the concepts, but uh, we know that it's, it will become 30% of the total of its market provision by 2030, because also there was the economics behind it. There was the way, again, it fits with all companies develop themselves, scale up, scale down. The the the, the fact also that in order to fit with the requirements of the of the of the talent you want to recruit. So I we had this podcast with um, Lisboa. So um, so the, the space is in uh, is, is in Lisbon and and the growth comes from international companies opening up branches in Portugal in order to lure foreign talents. We're not ready to leave in Stuttgart and Sinki. Oh, interesting. So they opened up three locations, pretty big ones, and a big deal of their are their users. Not that they marketed this way, that those were the demand they were getting in. And the reality was that that we need we need to be able to have a branch in a nice looking area because otherwise we won't be able to get those developers or these designers or the data analysts uh, from these and these countries because they they don't want to be in a in, in a you know a, a rural uh, german city or uh, some somewhere in the north of scandinavia and and so so those also are drivers so that your workspace become an important element and tool for talent recruitment yeah, there's another attraction is that, yes, obviously they're, they're growing in the cities big time, the whole international on the Brexit side of things, etc., and trying to recruit talent. But they are also moving to the smaller cities, the towns, the rural areas. So there's the appetite and the demand there for all sorts of workers that live in different types of places. Here's, an, here's another question. So traditionally, people would think that co-working spaces are for extroverts, you know, loud people that like the partying, like you said, on a Friday evening or even on mm. a Monday evening. But I found actually that's not so. We have quite a few introverts, quieter people that will work away, like working in different spaces, find their, their corner of the office or their private office. And then because there's different environments to communicate and mingle during the day, they gain that confidence. You know, the extrovert, introvert, you always, if this uh, goes care of, uh, when you see 15 people, 15% of the people are super extrovert, and then you have the 
70% of the people who are in the average, not extrovert, but not introvert, so just average, and then the super introvert. But it comes back to what we were saying, you know, um, I'm sure as I know that a lot of people are just happy with the 15 minute conversation or the lunchtime conversation they have with others. So it's, it's this thing, um, and again, that, that's, that's a personal experience, but I see that happening everywhere. So this is this, this thing that, that you come back home and you think to tell your spouse. You see what I mean? Yeah, because that's as what we're missing right now, isn't it? When we're all working of course. from home. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know what? There's, there's nothing there's, left there's, to talk about. We need colleagues. You know, we need, we need yeah, people to, that tells us about this and this. And, and uh, yeah, we've partly that on social, on social network, but uh, it's not as, as strong as, as this, this, this conversation we can have. Because sometimes that was that's something that, I always thought it was uh, sometimes uh, oversold by some coworking space. They said, yeah, our community, it was like the community was plenty of people just gathering to develop a project together and, you know, and go together to, to develop things and spend, you know, a, a little bit also this, this rework thing that we, we saw about the parties and was about the new, the new I was, I think, yeah, some people might like that. But I think it's a minority, and the, and the big change of the people is, is really about those social interactions that are casual, but that, that can only happen because you have the right setting and, and the, the right environment that you created in your space and the right cultural code. Because there's also a lot of, refer a lot to, to, to you know, what's, what's different between co-working space, uh, uh, traditional office, um, business centers in Paris. You go in uh, some traditional office center, and uh, you barely say hello to the people you meet. You go in the courting space where the mood is there, and then you bring it with the little vibe, the smile of the of the host, just just putting the, a name that is enjoyable, things like that, and people start to engage with one another. Yeah. So, 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 Johnny, it's so strong. It's so strong. No, I completely agree. So, what you, what would your top tips be to someone who is looking for a flex space or co-working space? to work from? How would they go about looking for the right one for them? I think people, people are smart. They, they sniff around and they find the, the right space. They make the research and they test it and they quickly find which one is the right one for them. I really, my perception is that it's really a natural process. The way you would have, I don't know, birds who would go only in some, some specific trees and not others, or not in bushes, and some other birds uh, would go in bushes and not on the top of, uh, I don't know, a, a big oak or whatever. I think with people, it's the same, you know, you have to find where you, where, where you belong. And I have example of people also who go in different co-working space, different days of the, the week. Uh, one day, I, I have a guy who goes to Regis every Monday. And, and, and Wednesday, he comes to our space. And another day, he goes to another space, which is more startup-minded. And he says, yeah, that, I need that to, to, have, to, to, to cherry pick a little bit the, the vibe and the people. And it's totally different. But I enjoyed this difference because also just being in the same space all the time is not some, something I totally enjoy either. So, so I like those, those analogy with you know, gardening and uh, ecosystems and because I think it's really, it's really similar. And, um, and the social vibe that you find is social identity that you have in different spaces is something that people choose you more than you choose them. Although I think being yourself <laughs> makes 
makes you a magnet for, for people like you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and and I, I, I've seen that in every co-working space. The people who are in the space look like the people, like the person who hosts. Uh, and, well, I mean, let, let's face it, when you're choosing somewhere like that, it's more than often through word of mouth for a referral from someone you know. Yeah. And, and you can also tell from the type of marketing that the spaces of the operators are doing as well, the vibe and obviously the facilities is going to be a big yeah. hole, depending on what you're looking for. Yeah, the, the challenge now is how, how to elevate that experience that we know as independent co-working space. I think independent co-working space know that but perfectly. And it's really also similar to the bed and breakfast experience. It's, a, it's, a, it's an example we have been uh, carrying out uh, often, but uh, back in the days, I had to make a business trip. Uh, I would just pick uh, an hotel close to the airport. I didn't care about the vibe, the color, the, I don't care. I just need to wear somewhere to sleep close to the airport or, or close to the meeting uh, space, uh, location. I, I need to be there uh, at, at nine in the morning the day after. And it just, I'm just looking for the functionality of the, of the space. Of course, I don't want something uh, with, you know, with flies and that smells uh, badly and uh, everything. So you need a good value for money. And, uh, but when I'm on holiday or if I go with some friends, so I would like to go in a bed and breakfast or in an Airbnb and the experience will be totally different. Maybe I want to have my, my uh, pressed orange juice uh, in the morning at breakfast with my, my well-cooked bacon. And I would just buy a, a bread uh, in the, the bakery next door. But, but it will be, I will be with my friend and in a new location, new setting, I will be more relaxed. And to me, the experience of coaching space is exactly similar. And you will have to your, your that, of course, there is some part of routine and you need to go, if you, if you want to go every day in a coaching space, you need to find some, some, place that fits with your what you are ready to have in, in terms of commuting routine and the people you want to be with etc but you if you are more cherry picking then then it can be according to the mood or or, or you can say one month in a, in a space and move the, 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 the other months to something else it can be pretty extreme we, we, we had uh, one podcast with a guy from with a user of the we walk uh, you know there was this whole card there that we walk and it was it was going in a new country every month or every two months because this team was actually there 10 people i think and they all <laughs> they, they twisted a little bit the, the, the system by we because they they created credit card all from california to be able to have 10 cards for everyone and all of them <laughs> they move around every every month or two months it was in moscow when, when we had the interview with them and then he was uh, flying to bali and then he was going to sydney and then to so it was before the travel ban <laughs> So that was the, the thing. And it was just using his, his, it was based on the location that he had with this card for WeWork, costing him a few hundred dollars uh, a month. And um, of course, it's a young guy, it's no family, it's three years the year. But that's it. You know, you, those, those kind of experience expectations can be. Well, he, he must be that, one very frustrated guy now with this lockdown. Uh, yeah, he's stuck in Moscow, maybe. In yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. So. I'd, here's a question. What are your top three elements of co-working and the flex model that have allowed you to get to where you are now? What have you benefited from the most? But in the first one I was in, this was Impact Hub in Brussels. I was part of the discussion before they opened it up. I was not one of the founders, but I was, they, they create, you know, uh, 
community discussion be before opening it up. And so I was part of the discussion, etc. So that was the first one. Uh, yeah. you, you, you never forget your first love, you know? <laughs> so Impact Hub for, for uh, in Brussels, they, they had to shut it down in 2012, unfortunately. But, um, but uh, yeah, sure, it was, it was a great experience. And then pretty rapidly, I started up with my own space. So I'm not, you know, totally, uh, you know, uh, neutral about that. But um, I enjoy being, you know, in some, it's true, I like, sometimes I like the startup minded, you know, kind of uh, co-working space where you have, it's buzzing with all those entrepreneurs, but not all the time, because sometimes it's, 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 um, let's say, um, it's it's hard work. Yeah, it's yeah, but but, but sometimes you are you so it's it's sometimes over pretending and you are, you always have to be in that energy and yeah yeah I would again I would I have been younger I would have stayed maybe there well, I don't know but that's it a, a few days a month in such an environment I think it, it, it energizes you pretty well pretty much well I think uh, that's, and that summarizes the whole feeling of the conferences that you that you put together is that feeling of excitement and the energy in the room and yeah. actually making real proper meaningful connections not just a, a click on a facebook page it's it's you know they, they really mean something yeah but the great thing with having a conference on coworking is that by definition you have exciting people and passionate people who are all carried by a motivation that goes beyond themselves and uh, even sometimes it's because they want to create a coworking chain that is that is world footprint, but it it fits with also a deep change in our working habits and a working model. So the, 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 what what will be amazing to watch now to be part in is this this total redesign of the workspace experience that we are going to to see now with the forced remote working that all people experience, and at the end of the day. Although a lot of people were claiming that, you know, there was no problem working from home and be as productive. You had this, this psychological barrier that made it uh, hard to acknowledge it from a big deal of people. No, they all know that it, work, it, it works. And then uh, you have all those companies all of a sudden who say, okay, we are cutting by a third of by half all our office surface that we have nowadays in order to let the people home work or, or maybe at some to some level of, of an experience from co-working spaces closer by their home. This will be a huge impact in terms of how do you bring jobs back in the, um, in the countryside or in smaller towns that were struggling with the desertification of, of, of companies and how to bring back new generation of workers. It, it, it's a huge challenge also regarding the carbon footprint and uh, ecology and uh, people, you know, all of a sudden we figured out that, okay, living in super big metros in, in 20 square meter uh, apartment, it's not that great at the end of the day, even if you work for, uh, for Google. So there is also a rethinking of, of those models and how valid they are not, and, and, and it will be very powerful. So and I'm sure court and space will play a, a major role in that. Uh, yeah. this. The challenge is more that there, was, there are too few. Uh, there are too few and, and some of them will disappear and will be washed by the by the pandemic. But, but, but do you think, Johnny, that that now the benefits of co-working are are more known 
that the operators that are going to set up spaces are going to take on the fundamentals like the whole sustainability and there's more of an education piece around that than the, the global connections that co-working members can have so the whole the whole future of work like you said is turned on its head but the operators are far more aware so they can build those infrastructures around that i think i think some of some are aware but there is still a, a so for the moment it's, it's the work of uh, the work from the wfh you know this acronym that we see yeah. surfacing everywhere work from home versus office and there is this link that we need to put in between those two concepts that is related to coding. And um, due to the lack of offering in those areas so far, there was still our time for the, for, the, for the employers to figure it out that it can play a role in the overall workspace quality. And I think it would change. Um, but for the moment, there was still this, this, this gap to be filled in. But I'm sure it will come. Um, um, I think co-working space will be all over, all over the place. You know, we, we had this discussion with the guy from the Irish government. I don't know if you've, you've seen that uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a few weeks ago. And uh, so they have this plan to open up uh, what they will call work apps in, in, in small areas in Ireland. Uh, so you see that in France, you see that in Germany, in some other places, uh, even South Africa, for instance. So a lot of people are aware of what is needed. What, what lacks is the, some level of professionalism also in those spaces and also to find the right business model that make it sustainable whereas the density of people is lower so you can't have big space in those areas you can't have the same level of amenities in those areas if the space is smaller so you need to find the right fit uh, also in terms of proposal and and how do you link that together in, a, in in some consistent offering that makes it possible also for, for, for employers just to have one-stop one, one shop platform in order to let the people go in, I don't know, 100 spaces and not have to come on the door of every spaces individually just to design by themselves the offer. Yeah, so, so back to the whole standards and the, the linking up the network of similar That's spaces it. with similar standards so people know what they're going to get. Exactly. It does what it says on the tin. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's where there is still a, a few missing links there. Although there are a lot of online platforms that we know, it's still hard to figure to, to figure it out. Unless you are, so there are not now some advisory company creating packages, but for the company itself, it's not like a standard. So this slows still the process. But on the other hand, a lot of small spaces in the small smaller town, once they have two companies, they are full. So you have a capacity issue as well there, uh, strangely enough, that needs to be to be addressed. So it will be an exciting time to see that happening and how it will be happening. But um, my, my, my question mark is how long it will take before we figure it out and that some players just weave that together. Well, I, uh, I, think, I think it's really exciting. I mean, look how far we've come in a year. It's been amazing. Oh, yeah. No, the future of, of work, is it, is it going to be exciting? Yes. And there's a yeah. huge range of different flexible spaces and working environments that I don't think people were aware of before. So, you know, if anything positive has come out of this, it's no, the uh, education piece on, on the future of work. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was done the harsh way. Uh, <laughs> it certainly was. <laughs> but but uh, definitely, no. Yeah, the, the future for working is, is the brightest you can imagine. And to me, it also has to be associated with all those new models for uh, smart mobility and 
know, we spoke about carpooling, things like that. Those, those are, so the, the boom of uh, electric bikes, for instance. Uh, I think we, we are not aware of how impactful it will be also uh, to make small towns attractive because instead of maybe if you are biking somewhere, you, you, are, you have to bike a radial of five kilometers around, maybe 10. Now you can consider 20 kilometers or, or more. That's a huge, uh, a huge, a new, a huge shift in terms also of uh, outreach that the co-working space can yeah. have for that. There are a lot of, 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 of boxes that are going to be ticked from that, that way, but we need also those services to become more articulated with one another and have a, this vision that, you know, that connects the dots more and more in order to, to, yeah. to deliver on that. Johnny's, we're, we're running out of time, unfortunately, but tell me this, are we going to be meeting up in Vienna in, in November, December? Yeah, we, we, we work on that. Uh, so we have, we have a venue, we have, uh, yeah, we made a special deal. So if you, you book the virtual attendance now, you save your the opportunity to go for the super early bird price to Fantastic. Vienna. We know that it's still a difficult time to make a decision about yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, buy a ticket for a conference. Well, I'll Don't definitely know. be there. If we're allowed to travel, I'm, I'm there. And uh, <laughs> and yeah, and, and so, so, the vaccination process, although it's slow, normally by this summer, we think that it should be something delivered. Um, so. so it means that we will still have uh, four, five, four, five months time just to make a decision. Uh, yeah. So for us, the conference is taking place. I mean, for the people who choose to to to, to travel to Vienna, uh, they can make a decision in, in, in the safe okay. way. And worst case scenario, they can attend the virtual conference. The conference virtually. Johnny, thank you so much. Listen, where, where can people find out more about you? How can they get hold of you? CoworkingEurope.net and socialworkplaces.com. That's uh, more the service part of what we Fantastic. Johnny, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate that. And all the work you've done towards the whole co-working model, flex work model, co-working model, whatever you like to call it. Thank you. <laughs> You're um, welcome. Thank you for having all me. The, all the luck in the future and we'll speak to you soon. Likewise, likewise. Take care. Bye-bye, Susan. Thanks to Johnny Duwa. I loved his analogy of how co-working has evolved and been inspired by the different generations of workers and by the demand and requirements that come with that, be it the connections and all the, the infrastructure side of things. Coming up, we have some really interesting episodes on what does success look like to you and recovering your autonomy. Thanks for listening. You can find more information in the show notes or on our website, thehubnury.com. While you're there, why not join our mailing list so we can keep you in the know about everything we're up to. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen, so you don't miss an episode. Powering Productivity is presented by me, Suzanne Murdoch. It's produced by Emily Crosby Media.